to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. This week on uh, the show, we're going to talk about the lessons learned from both golf and entrepreneurship and how they kind of cross paths. So um, I just had a really big birthday. And so one of the things that I promised myself kind of before this birthday, I just had my birthday last, actually it was Saturday, um, was that I was not going to say no to trying new things. And so I think as we get older and we Um, get really kind of set in our ways as adults, um, we give up the opportunity to try new things. And so I had a friend who was also a client reach out to me, oh, probably about a year ago, um, because we had just started working together. COVID was kind of on the decline. And so she said, hey, in the spring, I have a golf league that I'm part of and you would be a really great fit for the girls in that group. And I said, oh, that's great, except I don't play golf. And she goes, hey, don't worry about it because we don't really take it too seriously. It's just a lot of fun. And so I said, okay, well, this is an opportunity for me to say yes. And so I did. And so I started playing golf in May, end of May, June of this year. And I have literally played golf four times now. Four, maybe it's five, four or five times. It hasn't been very many, um, but it's been interesting to observe the parallels between some of the things that we go through as entrepreneurs, specifically things that I've gone through as an entrepreneur and the game of golf. Now golf, um, what's really funny, what brought about the, the idea to record this episode was I was playing with, usually we, um, we play scramble. So for those of you that don't understand the game of golf or you've never played, I totally get it. I'm a pretty much a newbie as well, but Scramble means everybody hits the ball and then whoever's ball goes the furthest and is the best um, location to hit from for the next swing, that's whose ball you use. And so typically we not only play scramble, but we also um, rotate teams. So you almost never play with the same people. It's always a different foursome every time and you usually have a different tee time every time. And so um, a couple of weeks ago when I was playing, I made the comment, I was like, yeah, it's funny how in our minds we think we should be as good as Tiger Woods after only playing for two or three times. And they all chuckled and I was like, you know, but in reality, somewhere in our minds, we're like, we should be really good at this because we've already played a couple of times. And I wonder if anyone else as an entrepreneur thinks this about their business. Like I, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so I should, I should be as good as A expert, B expert, C expert in my industry where in reality we haven't had the same experiences as they have and we haven't been in the entrepreneurship game as long as they have and so we are we end up holding ourselves to some unrealistic expectations and so i thought um just diving into some of the things that i learned between and the parallels between not only what i'm learning and playing golf but what i've learned as an entrepreneur for the last 20 years might be helpful for you and your business and give you a, the permission that you may or may not need um, to just say you know what it's okay that i'm not perfect at all of this stuff yet because every day is a learning experience and every day is an opportunity for us to improve and get better at what we do and how we help people and so um the first thing that i came up with was sportsmanship and how we treat others that are um, 
either a competitor or a, a like-minded um, business collaboration or somebody else in our industry or how we have the attitude we carry around them and how we treat them. And um, this can go as far as like looking at your competitor and going, oh my gosh, they totally have their poop in a group and I totally don't have my poop in a group and, you know, I need to get it together or, you know, the, the philosophy that, or everybody will go to them. Or there's another um, completely, and I'll talk about that in just a minute, um, that, that component. But the other thing that happens is that people are not aware of their competition. And I have this happen a lot with clients and they'll um, complete an exercise about competitive um, competitors in their industry. And they'll come up with all these people like Oprah, Martha Stewart, um, Gary Vanderchuk, and like all these people who have like, they are the go-tos, Elon Musk <laughs> in the industry. And I'm like, Oh, I hate to tell you they're not your competitors because they're household names and you aren't quite there yet. Does that mean that they won't be a competitor in the future? That's always a probability. But where you're starting right now, there's probably a good 10, 20, 30, or 100 people that are doing what you do. Now, first, let me address that's okay. It's actually more than okay because if you have people in the industry that are doing what you're doing, then you know you're onto something. It's the people that jump into a business. They're like, oh, this great idea. And then they look around and nobody's doing it. And so they think it's a really great idea. And then they realize nobody's doing it because nobody wants to buy that. And then they've invested a lot of time and money and energy into not doing the market research and not doing the competitive analysis that would give them that information before they invested all that time, money and energy. And so when we look at our competitors, I want to encourage you to look at them in, in a different light. One, there's enough for everybody. Um, and I use this example, like people are like, oh, I wanna reach millions of people. And I'm like, could you serve millions of people right now? Just you, little old you, nobody on your team, nobody to help you, could you do that? And they just kind of go, deer in the headlights. No, no, I actually couldn't do that. And so my question then becomes, you know, okay, if you can't serve millions of people, why do you want to have millions of people following you, um, reaching out to you, all that sort of stuff. So I'm a firm believer that the universe only gives you what you can handle. And then when they feel like you, you can handle a little more, you get a little more. And so if, you know, you had millions of people dumped in your lap and you freaked out because you didn't have the processes, the team, or the capability to handle those millions of people, you would feel, one, you'd feel failure, like, you should have been able to handle this or two complete overwhelm and you don't want either of those things and so when we look at how we treat our competitors not just like in conversation or in engagement or things like that um, but how more importantly we treat them in our mind in the thoughts that we think it gives us a good example of some things that we need to take a look at because all business growth comes from personal growth and that's the misnomer that most entrepreneurs don't realize is they think, oh, I'm going to do all these things, and but I'm not going to work on myself. Well, entrepreneurship is the guide for self-help. <laughs> Anything you need to work on, any of your own shiitake that needs to be taken care of is going to come up as an entrepreneur. And so um, when you are looking at your competitors and you're looking at the people that you play the game with, the game of entrepreneurship with, just ask yourself some questions, some simple questions like, how am I thinking about their success versus my success? Am I comparing? And if I am, why? Why am I comparing them to me? Because they're not where I am. They haven't had the experiences I have. And here's the truth of the matter. There's only one of you. 
you may have all the same products, same services, same things that you do for people, but the unique factor is that it's you bringing it to the table. And that's what people will resonate with and that's what people will pay for. And so when you're looking at a competitive nature, whether it's like, whether you're on the golf course and you're looking at the people on your team who have played for two, three, four years and saying, wow, I should be as good as them. Or you're looking at the competitive um, market where you operate your business. I want to encourage you to not compare because I realized on the golf course when I was comparing my play of four or five games to some of these ladies that have played for two, three, four seasons or longer or have had golf lessons, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you've barely scratched the surface pebble in the water compared to where they are. So quit beating yourself up. And so uh, if, if I had to give one piece of advice from this part of sportsmanship and like how, how to um, interact with your competitors and interact with your audience is like, cut yourself some slack. And we are not good at that, especially competitive um, entrepreneurs and people that are really driven. Um, and I would put myself in that category. I'm very driven and I am very competitive. Just ask my kids when we play cards, like I never let them win, which I totally should. Like, it's <laughs> not a good, good mom moment there. Um, but the reality is, is like, I think you have to be a little bit competitive to be an entrepreneur and to be in this industry. But just don't let it take over your mental capacity and just realize um, two things. One, there's always enough for everybody because we live in a very abundant universe. And two, whatever is meant for you won't pass you by. And that's something I constantly say to myself because you get in this mindset of, um, or at least I get in this mindset sometimes where I'm thinking, oh, I have to hurry up and get this done. I, you know, the years are ticking by and I should be further along, da, 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 blah, 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 all the things. But in reality, everything happens at the exact timing that it's supposed to. And all of the things that I've learned up to this point, I needed to get to the next step. So um, that's, that is tip number one. I was long and drawn out and kind of gave you a lot of information, but I'm hoping you take that away to one, not beat yourself up and two, to reel in your competitive nature a little bit and realize that everything unfolds exactly when it's supposed to. And then um, the second um, thing that I've learned from golf and entrepreneurship is that you have to keep swinging in order to make small um, steps towards success. And so a lot of times people are like, oh, I, I heard this um, statistic from a friend of mine that I played golf with on Thursday night. And she said, you know, everybody is always really concerned about driving the ball and like how far you can drive the ball. And she said, but in reality, where you should be putting your focus is in putting because you putt twice as much as you drive. You only hit, you only drive the ball one time on every stroke or every hole. Whereas you could be like trying to hit it out of a sand. Um, what am I trying to say? I always call it the sand castle. That's not right. <laughs> I told you, new to golf. Um, but the sand pit, or you may like have just dropped into a water um, obstacle or whatever, or like you might be out clear out in left field and everybody else is on the green. And so, in reality, like that drive only takes you so far, but all of the other strokes that you have to work on, especially putting, like how many times have you been on the green if you play golf and it just misses the hole by like a half an inch and you're like rats and it's just so close and you're just so frustrated. But spending that time on putting and like um, putting the energy into perfecting those smaller steps 
in not only golf, but in your business are going to take you further. And so what is that? How does that translate to business? Like that's all great golf storytelling for you. But in business, what I find is like most entrepreneurs it will put, and I'm raising my hand, will put an offer out there one time and then doesn't hit. And they're just like, ah, oh, scratch it, throw it all away and start over. When in reality, if we look at, okay, so why didn't it hit? Like what, what specifically didn't work? Were there parts of it that did work? What do we need to tweak? What do we need to practice? What do we need to focus on so that we can relaunch it, re put it out there to some new people, re put it, um, put that offer in front of some, some other people to see if it's really the offer or the product that isn't working, or is it the way we promoted it? Or is it the way that we talked about it? Or was it that we didn't put it in front of enough people? And so instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater with your products and offers and services and courses and whatever you're putting out there, instead, I would rather encourage you to take a look at what you have, narrow it down and keep putting it out in front of people making small tweaks, just like you would in your golf game. Like you're not going to throw the club in the water because you didn't make your putt you're going to go and probably spend some time in the putting range and maybe take a few golf lessons or you're going to spend, you know, an afternoon instead of driving balls, you're going to spend an afternoon just hitting putts and see if you get any better or going to, um, oh, there's a store my son goes to the PGA Superstore and just practicing on their putting green or getting one of those like, uh, told you totally new to golf, but there's like a thing you can buy where you can practice your putting in your living room. And so like, maybe that's your, your end goal. Um, but just always improving through small actions rather than just throwing everything away and creating something new, because I think that does something to your psyche where what you put so much energy and time and like, um, creativity and cre into creating these products and services that when you just throw it out because it didn't work the first, second or third time, you're just like, it's, it does something to your heart. You're like, oh, that was like everything I had and now I have to throw it out and start over. And so instead of doing that, I wanna encourage you to think about the way you marketed it, who you put it in front of, are you clear enough to um, explain exactly what it is your product and service is gonna do for them? Are you talking to the right people? Are the people that you're putting this in front of showing up where you're sharing it? Things like that. Um, because without doing all of that, you know, deep dive tweaking, you're not going to know what really know if it's the product service or offer that you put out there, or if it's just that you didn't make enough tweaks to make it work. And so, um, that's tip number two that I have for you. Tip number three, and there's five of these total. Tip number three or lesson number three that I have for you is that you never really know what's going to work out until you try it. And so you can sit there and plan your golf game out hole by hole by hole. I'm not a good planning golfer. So this is really, um, something that I did not like. I never know where we're going. <laughs> I didn't know how to drive the golf cart. I, I don't pay attention to the, I'm not a very perceptive golfer. I always have to have like a, a training coach when I go golfing, but I could sit there and try and plan out every hole and every stroke and watch a ton of videos and like watch every, you know, the replay of all the different golf pros and all that stuff. But it wouldn't matter how much I planned it because if I never did it, if I never went out and swung the club 
or try to hit the ball or missed or God forbid hit the grass and like that kills your wrist. I don't know if you guys know that, but like when you hit the grass with your club, it like reverberates all the way through your arm and up your shoulder and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. But you would never know that feeling. You would never understand what that feels like if you hadn't ever tried to hit a golf club or a golf ball. And so the same goes for your business. Like you can sit here and make all these plans and hope and pray that something's going to work. And But if you never put it out there and you just are stuck behind your computer creating and you haven't asked anybody, hey, is this, would this be helpful to you? Or would you purchase this? Or, you know, would you pay for this? You're putting all of this energy and time into something that may or may not work. You don't have a proven concept. And I have a, a client right now that I'm working with who is wonderful and he has so much to offer to the world. And um, we've been having this conversation because he has created a ton of content and he's worked with a lot of people in a one-on-one capacity. But when you're moving from a one-on-one capacity into a online program or a group program, it's a very different environment. And because um, some of the issues that he deals with are very private, you're kind of walking a balance beam there. Like, And so prior to creating this huge nine-week online course, multiple videos, workbook, all these different things, I'm like, we probably need to test the waters because you don't want to go out and create all this stuff and make all these videos and have all these images and have all this stuff created and put together and then you put it out there and nobody buys and you got to scrap it and try to figure out what it is they actually do want. And I see so many course creators specifically and digital program creators take like what they think people need and build it into a course and then try to sell it. And here's the reality, whether it's coming from Simon Sinek or Richard Branson or any other of those brilliant entrepreneurs out there is that they will all tell you the same thing. People don't buy what they want, what they need. They buy what they want. And so if you aren't meeting that need with your marketing, you're not meeting the need of giving them exactly what they want, you can't ever give them what they need. And a lot of almost every entrepreneur, and trust me, I've done the same thing, will build out a program that is like, I know they need this. This is what's going to help them. You know, I've seen it work, but it doesn't matter how much you know they need it. Because if they aren't aware that they need it, they're still in the I want this situation solved mode, which is where almost everyone is going when they're in a purchasing mindset is like, I know what I want and this is what I'm going to buy, whether that's going to solve the problem or not. That's where their mindset is. And so we have to get in the habit of meeting them where they are, not pushing what we know they need into their faces. And so, um, that don't I kind of went on a tangent there but we have to get in the in the practice of asking and of trying and um out of the practice of planning 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 and creating and especially now like after covid it's the amount of content out there is nuts and what I see and what I um foresee for the industry as a whole is that people really want more connection and they want more conversations. And so if you can become the conversation creator and get out of planning mode and instead move into action mode, you're gonna see a lot more traction. And so tip number three is to get off the fence, stop planning, stop writing down um, different content that you wanna create, stop recording videos, 
and instead figure out how to have conversations with people and determine what it is they really want and what they are willing to pay for and what they are willing to show up, put the work into so that you can give them the results they need. So that's tip number four, or number three. Number four is that, oh, this is a good one. Um, There will always be people on your journey who are willing to help you. And so tying it back to my golf game, you know, I play with these different ladies every week and the most amazing thing happened is that if you're open to being coached, open to getting um, some of the expertise, tips and advice, and listening, closing your mouth, and listening to what people have to say, you can take away volumes of knowledge. And so what's really interesting is that every time I would play golf, I was, you know, it's one of the few things that um, in a very long time I knew nothing about. And so I just was going in as a total novice, kind of like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and kind of going, I know nothing. Like I know nothing, I don't, I barely know how to hold a golf club. I, we, we have a place here called Top Golf where you can go and, and hit balls, um, drive balls. And it's, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like a net and you just, there's this uh, balcony kind of thing that goes around in a circle and you just hit the balls and um, they calculate how far you went and you try to hit them in certain areas. So you get points and um, they have different games you can play like Angry Birds and different things. So that was the epitome, that and putt-putt of my golf game. So I really had no golf knowledge. So every time that somebody was willing to show me something like line your foot up here or you're standing too far away, stand a little closer or, um, you know, swing with your hips and not your arms, like all these little tips. Like every time I go to play golf, I try to pick up another tip. And it's so funny because people have knowledge and they're like, oh, I don't know if that really works. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to try it because what do you have to lose? But what, what I want to stress with this point is that a lot of times you need to get out of your own way and accept that you don't know everything and you're you're not expected to know everything and i'm going through this same situation with my twins right now who are learning to drive and um we just got some kind of bad news today that they're probably not going to get their driver's license before school starts because they're just not ready and I think there's a lot of pressure on like, oh, you need to have your driver's license before your junior year and you, you know, you've got to do this and da, 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 da. And the reality is, is like, we have a lot of pressure in our lives, period. So why add to it? Why add to the pressure by putting yourself on this timeline of like, you have to have these things completed and you have to have this much revenue in your business and you have to have blah, blah, blah. Sure, set goals. Like I'm not saying don't set goals. But I'm saying like, if you don't meet those goals, don't go into like the beat up zone, like where you go and you beat yourself up and you start taking shots at compare schlager, like so-and-so did it by now and I should be there by now because it's so easy to fall into that mindset. And instead, step back, ask for help if it's available. You know, like if you have people that you can rely on that are in your same industry or that are in a a similar industry. So like if you have other entrepreneurial friends or other business friends or other people in say a mastermind or a coaching group that can take a look at what you're doing and give you some insight and advice, don't fight them on what they're telling you. Just zip your lip, listen to what they have to say and take away that which applies and maybe just file away the rest for later or for never. But instead of like, sometimes it's really easy to get defensive about you know, what we think we know and 
have all the answers that we forget that to be an entrepreneur means to be curious. It means to be aware and have conversations and to listen and to hear the opinions of others and especially the opinions and the insights from our customers and the people that want that you know want to work with us. And so when we can bring that curiosity to the table and that innate kindergarten mindset where you're willing to learn something new and fresh is going to transform your business. There's no way it can't. Because when you step out of the mode of, I I have to know everything or I should know everything, I have to and should should be eliminated from everybody's vocabulary because it sets you in this mode of, I already know this. But in reality, when we set that aside and we're willing to listen and see a different viewpoint is when the doors, the floodgates just fly open and we get what we need to move us to the next level in a quick and expedient way. And so um, that's tip number four is be willing to ask for and accept the input and help of others. And I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we think we need to do it all alone. And that's a huge misnomer. Like anytime you can get help or get insights or find some um, group of people that is that are, you know, encouraging and are willing to offer their expertise or their insights on things, by all means, listen up, because you're going to learn a lot, even if it's not exactly what you think uh, they're offering you. And sometimes you just need somebody to like lift you up and say, you know what, today was a bad day, but tomorrow's going to be better. And so um, that's tip number four. And then tip number five is that this is a really important one too. And I I don't think you learn this right away when you're starting your entrepreneurial um, journey, but everybody's wins are different. And I just had this experience um, with a friend of mine who is in a very similar industry and we've become really good um, work, work friends and friend friends. And I see some of the successes that she experiences and some of the clients that she's now working with and some of the awards she's getting. And I can't, I mean, there's this little green monster of envy going, why her not, why not you? But in reality, we have very different businesses. We have very different skill sets, very different clients, very different goals and aspirations for our business. And I just have to remind myself that everybody's wins are different. And just because that win looks like that, it doesn't negate or make my wins any smaller or any less important. And so it's being grateful for the wins that you get in your business and realizing that the goals you set and the wins you achieve are yours and yours alone. And it's okay if they're different from somebody else's, but also that success meets you where you are in your journey. And so somebody might have started their business 5, 10, 15, 20 years before you. You can't walk in and say, hey, I want to be where they are because they have started where you are and built upon that foundation and had different experiences and had different levels of success to get to the level they are now. And a lot of times we look at where we are and we look at the people we admire and go, why can't I be where they are? And the truth of the matter is, is you haven't put the work in yet. And they didn't start where they are now. They started where you are. And the same goes for golf. Like you can't walk onto a golf course, play four games of golf and think you're going to be Tiger Woods. It just doesn't happen. And trust me, I know I've been there and I thought I should and it didn't happen. (laughs) And so 
somewhere in the back of your mind, you've re written this uh, version of success down, no matter what it is you do. And I want to encourage you to rewrite that definition of success and celebrate the successes that you achieve every week, every month, every quarter, every year in your business. And the only way you can do that is by measuring where you are right now and then coming back in the future, four weeks, 12 weeks, six months, a year, three years, whatever that is, and realize, hey, I was here and now I'm here and I have grown and I have changed and I have impacted people. And no one is gonna do that for you. Nobody's gonna do that in your business or in your life. And so taking, like, this is my favorite thing right here, my little bullet journal that I use, because I journal in here every day for five minutes. And you're like, five minutes, that's nothing. But you know, when you write down the notes and you write down what's going on, it's easy to flip back and say, hey, a month ago I was here and now I'm here and I feel so much better about this. Or a year ago, like I, I encourage you to just look back from a year ago and go, where was I a year ago? And say, wow, you know, I really liked these things, but now I like these things better and I'm glad I'm moving in that direction. And there's no way for you to go back and realize your growth and realize how far you've come and what you've accomplished if you don't measure it. So if, if you asked any of my clients, I'm a big fan of measuring everything, including, you know, results in your business, but personal growth measurement is critical to your entrepreneurial success. So there you have it. The comparison of my an ever improving golf game and entrepreneurship, which is also ever improving. So recently I surveyed my audience and I asked them uh, how they preferred learning. Do you prefer video learning? Do you prefer podcast learning? Um, because I've done both. I have a YouTube channel and then I have this the podcast channel. And the results came in and they were neck and neck. <laughs> and so I've decided to um, put both things out there. So I'm recording the video version of these podcast episodes and also the podcast version. So I'm going to put it out there and then I would love to hear back from you guys on which is working better for you, what you like, what you don't like. And so I want to give you the opportunity if you've enjoyed this video um, or this podcast episode to share it with some friends, but also um, just click like or hit the review button um, and leave me a view a review either on iTunes or over on YouTube um, or even Google and let me know what you think about the show. So I would love to get your feedback on these episodes and um, any insights you want on other ideas you want covered. I talk a lot about mindset. It's really important for you uh, to work on mindset as an entrepreneur, and I don't think it's talked about enough. And so that's some of the stuff that we talk over, talk about over in the Small Business Builders group over on Facebook. If you're not a part of that group, I'd like to encourage you to come over and join us. It's free. You just fill out. There's like two or three questions you fill out just so I can make sure you're not a spam bot. And um, I am working on doing a training over there every week of some sort around marketing, specifically email marketing, content marketing, content creation, um, and sales funnels, because those are all of the things that I work with clients on in creating a way for your customers to walk through a journey and ultimately build a relationship with you and purchase from you because that's what we all do. So I'd love to see you over there until next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care and be well. If you're like most entrepreneurs, you know, you should be on social media, but they keep changing the dang rules. 
For Pete's sake, every day there's a new algorithm change. There's when you should post, when you should not post, what you should post. Should you do video? Should you do Insta stories? Should you do this? Ah, it's enough to make anybody crazy. And the worst part of all is that even if you're showing up and you have a huge audience on one of these platforms, you don't own any information about them. So when they change the rules, and you know they do, you are at their mercy. But what if instead you could own your audience? What if you had the power to show up in front of them, share what you want to share on your own time frame? Well, you can't. In my new upcoming training, Own Your Audience, you're going to learn how to stop being at the mercy of social media moguls. Yes, social media is a great tool, but when you put all of your eggs in their basket, it's like renting an apartment with a horrible landlord who keeps changing the rent. You deserve better. You deserve to control and get in touch with your people on your terms. In the Own Your Audience training, you're gonna learn the five-step proven system that I've used with my clients for the last 20 years that gets you in front of your audience, builds conversations, builds connections, and best of yet, helps you sell your stuff. Because if you're not selling anything, it's really hard to stay in business. So join me for this free live training coming up. It is so easy for you to join and come and be part of this live training by going to alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience. If you're tired of fretting about the next social media change and you're sick of being at the mercy of what to do, when to post, how to post, where to be, and you just want some sanity with your marketing, join me for this upcoming live training at alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience. And I look forward to seeing you inside.